Amen. Thank you. Now, can you imagine this? Having trained for years, spending countless hours on the road, getting ready for that moment, that final time to run that race, and you could see the finish line, and you'd be like, man, this is it. This is in the pocket. I, I got this. And in a moment of joy, he raised his hand, and guess what happened? Now, that's kind of funny a little bit, don't you think? And sad. Because to have run that much, to have done so much sacrifice, and to be so close to the end zone, and lose the race, what a pity. Jesus said, hold fast to that crown that what? Nobody else take what? I'm paraphrasing, take your place. Do you realize in this race of life, that we are fighting that. It's a moment by moment race. And at any time, by losing sight of who we're fighting for, we could lose the race. And yet, we don't realize it from time to time that, hey, at a moment notice, like this, a small thing like this. And he, <laughs> what's sad is, he could even get back in the, in the bike after a while. And the guy that was behind him, whoosh, passed him by. And he won that race. To go to the Olympic, one need to be ready to sacrifice not only time, but a whole lot of money. Uh, usually somebody who wants to go to the Olympic in any field has to start at a very young age. In China, they take kids sometimes from two and up to prepare them for the Olympic because they want them to be what? The best. Now, what would happen to anyone, do you think, to have gone that training, spent all that money, run that race, only to find out at the end of the race they have been disqualified? That's the text we just read about uh, Nathaniel did a great job with it. And I'm kind of happy that he used the translation that he used. Because look what the Bible said. But I discipline my body and make it what? My slave. That's the other translation. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. See, if you run the race, a 100 meter race, there's a specific time before you can cross the line. If you cross the line too quickly, if your feet touch that white line, guess what happened? You are disqualified. Now, and I'm not a runner. <laughs> I've seen people running. But can you imagine that again? To have run that much and you think you got the race, you got the gold medal, only to find out from the judges you crossed the line. You are disqualified. I want to point out a couple of people in the Bible today that have got very close to the end zone and were disqualified. And my purpose today in this message is that you will make up your mind that no matter what you have to do today, that you will not be disqualified. Because as a people of God, we have been blessed with one of the most awesome messages never, ever given to men. We know the beginning of the story and we know who's going to win, don't we? And yet, to be disqualified at the end, that'd be really, really sad. The Bible said, we have the story of um, Lot's wife. Now, we all know the story. Abraham was interceding for, for his nephew. He's saying, Lord, if it's fine 50, will you? God said, no, if you find 40 and so on. And yet, God went all the way down to what? Number 10. Because, I mean, you think about it now, Abraham had in his service about 300 men that we know, at least 300 men. So he knew that Lot also had that many people in his service. So he said, well, 
Well, let's go be played safe. Let's go with 10. Then yet when the angels came around, and you know the story, and they talked to Lot's wife, the Bible said they had to take them by the hand to take them out. The only one stipulation was what? Do not look what? Now, was that a hard request? Come on. It was that difficult to do? And guess what she did? She turned around and was what? Disqualified from that race. Disqualified at a moment where God himself sent his angel, took you out of this land and said, hey, go, run. Don't look back. She looked back and was what? Disqualified. There's a story in the Bible you, you most of you have read and not realized it. It's found in uh, Exodus 24, and Exodus 24, verse 9 and 10. He said, Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, who were the sons of Aaron, and 70 of the elders. And they saw the God of Israel, and under his feet were what? There appeared to be a pavement of sapphire stone as clear as the sky itself. Now, can you imagine? In, in, in up to that point, nobody had ever seen God that close. To be called up with Moses, to see the throne of God, to see his feet. And guess what happened to Nadab and Abihu? Well, what difference is there in fires? Any fire is what? Is fire, right? Yeah, but God told them that there's a specific fire. Now, when you come to the temple of God, you should take the fire from the altar. Why? Because the fire from the altar was lit by God himself. But it's said, come on, man. A fire is a, it's a fire. And they came before God with strange fire. And guess what happened? They were what? Disqualified. Die. You know the story of Uzzah. Uzzah, what people don't realize, the Ark of the Covenant was in his house. For years and years and years, he saw the Ark, and he saw it, he saw it. And for, for years and years, he wanted to touch the Ark. But the Ark of the Covenant was a what? A symbol of the throne of God. And only the high priest could what? Come close to it. But Uzzah, one moment, realized, hey, he's carrying the Ark, and the cart moved. And he felt like the ark was about to fall down. And he reached out to help God. And he was what? Disqualified. Now you might say, man, that was kind of harsh. Just touching an ark like this. Come on, man. That could be a big deal. Well, let's think about it now. Do you think Eve committed murder? Did Eve rape somebody or kill somebody? Did she rob the bank? Did she kill people? What did she do? And guess what happened? A small thing brought to us a whole lot of trouble. See, we run that race again, and we try from time to time to compromise the world and God. We want to do both. We want to serve God, and we want to have what? The world. Elijah said, how long would you what? Dance between Baal and God. If Baal be God, do what? Now, we have left the world. We have been in this church for years for some of us. We have even begun vegan, some of us. We have left everything. And to come to the end time and find out we have been disqualified. What a pity. Bible said in that day, Jesus said, Many will shall say to me, Lord, we have cast devil in your name. We have done wonderful works in your name. And he will say what? 
depart from me. You what? Workers of what? Iniquities. These were people that thought they knew Jesus. They thought they were his best friend. They thought they were his men. They preached in his name. They did what? Miracles in his name. Wonderful works in his name. And Christ said, guess what? You were disqualified. I don't know you. Now, how much again have you commit yourself to God? We sing the song, I surrender what? All. Do you really surrender all? Because if you are holding out one thing, you might be what? Disqualified. And that's what Paul is saying. Paul said, hey, after I preached to everybody, after I've gone out and won soul for Christ, how bad will it be at the end to find out that I, a minister of the gospel, have been disqualified? Then we have the story of Balaam. Now, do you realize of all the people that God told the children of Israel to destroy, Moab was not one of them. Moab were a descendant of Lot. God never told the Israelites to destroy Moab because he said, no, that's the people of Lot. Leave them alone for now. But Balak couldn't stand it. And he stand for Balaam. He said, come quickly and curse these people because I know whoever you curse is. Now, you see, his problem is up. He said, oh, man, you are the man. And what did Balaam say? Balaam prayed. He said, well, I don't know. Let me, let me inquire of the Lord. And he prayed. God said, thou shalt not. Now, that sounds like what? A commandment. Thou shalt not go and thou shalt not curse these people because oh, they are my people. That was pretty clear, right? But Balaam said, man, that's a lot of money, Lord. Can we compromise? Can I just do one curse just a little bit and get the money? And the Bible said he went nonetheless after God said no. And a donkey did what? Now, what was God trying to do, do you think? God is trying to save Balaam. Balaam, don't you go. You're going after the way of destruction, Balaam. Turn back. Balaam said, no, I have to go. He got there. And as he got there, Sister White said that God presented to Balaam the whole history of his people. The people of God become victorious. They saw Christ return. He saw the glory of God. And he said, let me die the death of the righteous. Because he could see the blessing that was going to come upon the people of God. He said, let me live like them and die like them. And guess what happened to Balaam? Balaam was disqualified. The Bible said, what good will it do for a man to gain the whole world? To gain everybody. To have the best friend in the world, wherever it is, in high places. Only to find out that you have been disqualified by God. So we come so close at time and we cherish things in our heart that we say, what this, this, come on, man. That, let's, God, won't, God won't mind this. It's so small. The Bible said, a little leaven. How many what? A little leaven will do what? The whole lump. So your heart and my heart is desperately wicked, the Bible. Now you always imagine that the greatest enemy that you have is the devil. I'm here to tell you, your worst enemy is you. The Bible said the heart is deceitful above all things and des desperately wicked. Who can know it? Your heart is conspiring against you. Your heart is setting trap against you. That's why Paul said, hey, 
I have to treat myself. I have to keep myself under unless that myself again came and caused me to be what? Disqualified. So we are coming to the end. We have a new year now. And we always say, well, you know, what is your resolution? And some people say, well, I want to lose weight or I want to do this. I want to do that. What is your resolution when it comes to your faith? What is the calling? What are the plans that you're making to say, Lord, I really want to go all the way with you, Lord. I want to lay everything at the altar because I will not want to be lost. See, you think as you're serving God for 40 years, 20 years, 15 years, that eventually the devil will leave you alone, right? Look what happened to Moses. See, Moses was, the Bible, God himself, there was no man like Moses that had talked to him face to face. And the devil was on his tail from day one. He kept harassing uh, Moses, kept harassing Moses, and Moses stood firm. He was only very close to that final time. When he was very close to the promised land, Moses did what? He lost his temper and was disqualified to get to what? To earthly Canaan. See, we always feel like, hey, I've been doing this thing. I got this already. I know what I'm doing. God is with me. And he has proved it to years now. I've been doing great things for God. So therefore, I am safe. See, you are only safe when Christ bursts through those clouds and say, well done, my servant. That is when you are safe or when you die. But until then, the Paul said, if you think you stand, take what? Take heed, lest you what? Fall. Because the, the devil will never stop harassing you. Because he knows you are going to take his place in heaven. See, we have so many stories in the Bible. Now, there's a story that always kind of very close to my heart. It's a story of the king Solomon. Now, Solomon is the son of David and Bathsheba. When he was born, the Bible said, and God loved him. And God called him. Now, God gave him a nickname, Beloved of God. Now, can you imagine that God gave you a nickname? Now, you have a pet name for your wife, for your kids, but God, to give you a nickname, that shows you how close and how connected that God was to this boy. And Solomon became the king, as you know, and he prayed, he said, Lord, give me what? Wisdom. Now, listen to this now. The Bible said that, that God gave to Solomon wisdom like the sand of the sea. Now, let's not sink for a moment. <laughs> he gave him what? Wisdom. Like the sin of what? So without limit, God gave him what he wanted and more. And he served God. He was faithful God until the Bible said when he got old. Now you would think when he got old, he would be settled by then. He would be like, okay, I've served God for all these years. Now there's no turning back. But when he got old, Solomon left God and began to worship idols. You'd be like, What? How in the world? I mean, you got all of this blessing from God. How can you leave God? We have seen it in the church a lot of time. People that with God, God blessed them. They had talent. And eventually, get what happened? When the world began to flatter them, it got to their mind. They feel like, hey, I have to go out there and check it out. And many times, most of these people don't ever get back like Solomon did. So what is your calling today? Paul said, examine yourself. Look at your own heart. Ask God, Lord, like David said, Lord, search me and know my heart. 
look to see if there's any wicked way with me because only God knows you. See, God said to the disciple, that's the last night, I'm going to be arrested and all of you will forsake me. And Peter said, Lord, even if everybody does that, I will never forsake you. I will go to prison and I will die for you. He believed himself. I mean, he believed what he was saying. And Christ said, well, mm, uh, no. <laughs> you are going to, what? Deny me three times. He couldn't believe that. How would you say that? I mean, that is calling my what? My loyalty into question. I believe in you. I will do this thing. And guess what happened? Exactly what, what Christ said happened. To be disqualified in this race is one of the most, I mean, the worst thing that could ever happen to any one of us today. Because we have come so far. We have been blessed to know God. We have walked with God for many years. We have left the world aside. So now is the time where we have to ask ourselves, Lord, help me make my calling and election what? Sure. Help me, Lord. Do whatever you got to do to save me from me. Because as you get to this end again, we are very close to Christ coming, my friend. If you haven't seen the sign yet, watch the news. Look at the world. You could tell something is going wrong. Everything, society is going upside down. And we own, where is God? Trust me, he is coming. He's at the door and knocking. And he wants to tell you this morning, be prepared and be ready. Because I am coming quickly. I want to read the rest of the text of the brother that read this morning for me. And it's, it's very important because Paul is laying something that's very key. And verse First uh, Corinthians 9 verse 26 says, Therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. Now do you have an objective? When you walk with Christ, when you get up in the morning, when you're looking at your calendar, what is your objective for today? So we sometimes say, well, I have to do this at work. I have to do this at the house. But many of us, again, think nothing about this could be your last day. And to make that calling again to say, Lord, this is your day. How do I go about and glorify you today in my job, in my school? Let me be, Lord, your servant every single moment of this day. But we don't say that, though. Abax, she said, not in such a way as beating the air. See, I'm not throwing punch in the air. I'm hitting something. Why? Because, see, ego... It's a very, very easy thing to get in our mind. Somebody said, you know, the challenge you have by being humble is to be proud that you are what? Humble. So the devil keeps coming at you because he knows he can always call up into that old man. Paul said, I have crucified, but I have to die what? Daily. Because if I don't die daily, I will not make it. I could be disqualified. He said, now, but I discipline my body. And make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. See, at the end of his life, Paul said, you know what? I have fought the good fight. See, it's one thing to fight the fight, but if you don't win, <laughs> who cares? You know, nobody remember the guy that fought, uh, you know, uh, Mike Tyson, usually because he was done in, in seconds. See, it's one thing to fight, but you have to do what? When? He said, you know, I have run what? The race. Again, you could run the race, but if you are disqualified, who cares? I mean, it made no sense at all. You got to, you got to fight. 
got to fight a good fight and win. You got to run. Got to do run race and, and run. But you see, I also what? Keep the faith. And that's where the challenge comes again. Many a time again, we are hassled by the devil. We, we come with stress. Life is taking stuff at us. And that's what um, Paul said in Hebrew 12. He said, let us lay aside every weight. Now, see, the weight is not sin. You see, let's lay the weight aside and the sin. Because, see, the weight of this life wears us down. We cannot run. Have you ever seen somebody running a race with two suitcases in their hand? What would happen? They will not win, right? So he laid aside everything. In the Greek time, actually, to run, people used to run naked because they believe even the clothes could slow them down. Don't run naked, though. I'm just saying. But the point is, though, he was running that race because he wanted to what? To win. And see, in the race that we're running, see, in this world, when they run that race, only one can get the prize. But in all race, all of us, all of us can win. So Christ said, hey, trust me. Give me your hand and don't turn back. Look ahead because Christ is what? The author and finisher of what? Of our faith. You see, I kept the faith. Therefore, now. It was his end of his life. He was about to die. Therefore, now. There is a crown of righteousness that is laid up for me. And the king of what? Will give it to me in that day. Not to to me only, but to all of those who have what? Love is appearing. Do you love Jesus this morning? Do you really want to go all the way with Christ this morning? See, our prayer every day, say, Lord, you know me. Do whatever you have to do to save me from me. I don't want to be disqualified. I made up my mind this morning. I said, Lord, I've been serving you for so long. I don't have anything in this world. I mean, literally, everything we have is somebody else's. Our house is somebody else's. The car is somebody else's. I mean, you think about it, everything is somebody else's. And to have done all of this and be disqualified, what a shame would it be? So I really want for you this morning to join with me to say, Lord, all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I what? freely give so if we do this this morning please let us stand and pray and consecrate our heart this morning and say lord help me help me do whatever it needs to be done to be saved because i don't want to be disqualified in this race i want to make it to heaven what do you say amen let us pray let us stand and pray let's bow our head dear heavenly father we are coming before you this morning to ask for a special request lord we're not asking you for money. We're not asking you for fame. We are asking you for salvation. Lord, please save us, Lord. You promise that you will not cast anyone out that comes to you, Lord. We come to you in faith and ask you, help us not to be disqualified. We pray for this church and the members of the church. We pray for all people here today, Lord, and their family. Help them, Lord, to be good steward of their time. Help them, Lord, to be able to show up in the end of that race and be with you in heaven. Father, we know you can do this because nothing is impossible to you, Lord. Father, please help us and bless your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.